So I, I've got the um, aircon unit on in the background. I didn't know if it would be drowning everything out. Well, I've ac- I actually had a fan on. I thought I'd better turn that off because it'll be- make too much sort of interference with the noise. But maybe I can put it on. So I, th- I think this has got um, like a back background noise reduction on it. I think. Oh, okay. Because cool. I'm forever vaping away when you're talking, and it doesn't pick <laughs> it up when <laughs> it doesn't pick it up when it comes through. So yes, to stick it on, it's just so. It's cooled down a bit now, hasn't it? But it's been, it's been bloody hot, hasn't it? This last week. It has, and I haven't been here for all of it. But I was out of the country for a couple of days. But there, so. <laughs> Are we, I didn't even know you'd gone. Where did you go? I just went to Paris for a couple of days. To oh visit, yes, you did. Yes, to, yeah, you did to visit say. some friends. Yeah, and it was really hot. <laughs> did you have a good time over there? Oh God, amazing! Just. <laughs> So much good food. Oh, it's just weren't enough meals in the day. <laughs> wasn't enough meals in the day. <laughs> well, uh, I, like, I've been there three times before, so I wasn't kind of going to do the whole touristy thing, but we still sort of got out and about and went to different restaurants and saw a couple of things. So, yeah, it was really good. Was there quite a few of you over there? Or was it just. No, just me. Small. Just me. Just, you. just me visit my, uh, my friends. That have uh, they're Australian, but they've moved there for a couple of years. Yeah, so that was good. Well, yeah, the flights flights all right because like, I think when we came back from Gibraltar, it was um, I'm sure they said it was French air restrictions that was holding all the flights back. Yep, no, no problem whatsoever. <laughs> no. Straight up. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a new one. On, this is a new one on me who having flown quite a lot in my life. Um, we everybody was like plane landed in Manchester. Everyone's like, you know, how everyone stands up and gets their bag, and then you're yeah. all in the aisle and you're all kind of, you know, edgy, edgy to get forward and get off. And that we were at that point, and then they said the air bridge is broken. Um, <laughs> oh, so everyone just stood there waiting, and then there was a bloke saw a bloke come up with some like a couple of wrenches and a hammer or something and we're thinking jesus that's not going to fix it and then they talked about getting stairs to the rear of the uh aircraft and getting a bus to take us to the thing or whatever mm. um and then all of a sudden it was fixed so yeah that's good <laughs> that's never happened to me before I don't know why people do that when they when the plane lands, with the standing up thing, because then they're all kind of hunched over in a weird position, mid mid aisle, yeah. mid getting out of the seat, with with either your suitcase or your backside <laughs> in someone else's face. Yeah, it's, uh, I just so, fucking sit down until yeah. the plane's over. <laughs> yep, it's like that. So, how are you? I'm all right. Do you know, it's just the hay fever in the normally. Oh, it's terrible. not that bad, but this last last week. Last three days has been horrendous. Uh, yeah. Like weird crystals at the back of the throat. I'd, I've never had that before. I don't Ooh. know if it's um, the pollen down this end, because this is the first summer we've had in this house, I think. I don't know if it's yeah. just the new pollen in the area, but yeah. So I've been locked inside for the oh. last three days, trying to avoid it, because hay fever tablets, do you take anything like that for hay fever? Do you not suffer with it? Um, I don't generally don't get it so mm. but i know lots of people that do my mum gets it quite bad <clears throat> the shit the hay fever tablets are absolutely shit for the price of them so i probably so, can get an ejection for it now but I've no not... i didn't know that no i didn't know you could do no. that and the hay fever vaccine or well it's not a vaccine i think it just stops you um 
stops you getting the symptoms. Yeah, because that's all you want, really, isn't it? Because they're, yeah, oh, they're hang, quite... Hang they... on a minute. Siri's going off. <laughs> What's Google her it. problem? Trying to do a search for um, her hay fever vaccine. Oh, no, really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it must just picked up on the word vaccine. Oh, good luck with that, Siri. Oh, do you know what? I can't even figure out. I've just gone on to um, iOS 17, and I don't understand any of it. There's quite... Oh, really? Quite a few changes, <laughs> So I can't figure it out. I was panicking because all my uh, notes for today were on the on the phone, and it must have taken about twenty nine minutes to download. So it's oh. it's cut it fine, but it got there in the end. <laughs> <laughs> go, so what's go. our what's our um our agenda today? Tell me. Well, I was going to bring up first since we we're talking about it being hot the. <laughs> Information that got dropped out this week, if I can find it on my notepad, where has it gone? Here we go. So I didn't know this, but apparently if it gets too hot, the sun solar panels that we have in the UK, and I don't know yeah. if, it's, if it's global, but has a certain type of silicone in it. Yeah. Whereas if it gets to a certain temperature, like I think the other day, I think it got to a high of 30. Yeah. Solar panels don't work if it gets too hot. Is that like a safety mechanism that they cut out or something? Or what, like, what's the re- what happens? Why? <laughs> I mean, I, from the reads of it, it doesn't sound like it is. It just sounds like the, one of the materials that they've used, the specific silicon that's in, in the main structure of the solar panel mm, mm. just sounds like it's not designed well enough to handle higher temperatures so it just packs in and the same with windmills the wind turbines apparently when it's too windy they have to turn them off because they can't cope with it the oh m- so it's like with the solar panel thing it's kind of like actually sort of a fault mm, yeah oh. with both of them so all these little green warriors <laughs> banging on about solar panel and wind energy they can't hack it Oh, oh, I didn't know that. I mean, I didn't. I, technically, like to me, solar panels do seem like a good idea. Um, I think you, I don't, I don't know if you can still do it, but like you used to be able to sell your excess power back to. Yes, I you did. I, yeah, I, I don't know. know if you can still do that, and and I know, like, I understand that there used to be some sort of financial assistance or something or some sort of, com- not compensation, but... Like an incentive. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Uh, that if you, you know, if you install them in your home, but um, Andrew tells me that's not the case anymore. Uh, so, yeah. I don't, yeah, I think they've scrapped that. And um, mm, mm. I, I know they've just stopped the incentives for people buying electronic vehicles as well. There's just stopped... Which is caused, yes. um, so say roughly, it's caused roughly a quarter in decline of people purchasing EVs, um, which is obviously shaken up the market a little bit. Mm. Which um, I mean, mm. I, don't, I don't really know how how to take that because we, we've got half an electric car; it's a hybrid, so the battery oh, yeah. yep. tiny. Like it's pointless it being there, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and 
trying to live with an electric car is nigh on impossible at the minute. There's the charging stations. If they're not already full because there isn't enough, they're not working, they're broken, or the, yeah. the companies don't come out to refurbish them. Cables get stuck in and locked in. You've got to ring the company that owns the box that you're charging from to manually unlock your cable <laughs> to get out. It's, it, we're definitely not built for electric cars, I don't think. So I, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, th- I think in theory, again, in theory, great idea. But absolutely, yeah. But from a, oh, it sounds like like from a practical sense, it's not being kind of managed all the way through, and it's not not practical. It's not, and we're, there's quite a few documentary stuff now. When you look into the 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 entire process of building the car from digging the materials up to yes. make to, they're not that green. <laughs> really, not that green, especially the batteries. Yeah, um, Andrew is the a, a sales manager for a, a big car company, and he was actually telling me the whole kind of not process, but like all the mm. issues that come with having a fully electric car. Um, and it's like it, he said, it's just not worth it because it's not for it's not any cheaper. No. It's not; they're not a money-saving thing at all. And so, you know, for most people, they, in principle, sort of like the idea or agree with the idea. But then, if it's if it's way more expensive than what you're currently doing, doing most people can't afford that. Well, they're not even just a little <laughs> bit more expensive than yeah. fuel cars, are they? They're a rather considerable amount. More. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. The batteries are very fickle as well because we went down to the Metro Centre yesterday yep. briefly and when we started to come back, the battery had 69% left yep. on it, whereas yep. normally in winter, when it's colder, that battery would be nearly done just getting there, never mind coming back. Yeah, yeah. They're not very reliable, I don't think, at the minute. Mm. It's... um. I don't, I, We've had a chat about it because I think they, we've nearly paid off this car and we've been toying with the idea of maybe getting a full electric car and I think we've just decided it's not even worth it. If they can't, no. if they can't provide the, the right amount of services and the c- correct working facilities to charge them in the first place, there's absolutely no point whatsoever in getting one. Yeah, yeah, 100% agree with that, yeah. Um, so, yes, they um, lit up... Coal, they reopened, should I say, coal fire stations because of the windmills and the solar panels not being able to um, <laughs> to manage the uh, the excess um, electricity that was needed. So mm. I just thought that was an interesting turn of events for the the green agenda that it crumbled slightly. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. the agenda this in the heat this week. <laughs> and what else did you want to? Well, oh, hang on. Have I lost you? Hello. (laughs) I'm still here. I can still hear you. I had a good look because when I don't think we recorded it, I think it was just in a normal conversation we had. We, you asked my opinion on 
straight men. I, I can't remember how you phrased it now. Can you remember how you phrased it? I don't think you said they had an issue with the wives having no close um, friendships. Well, I can't I, um, remember how you phrased it. Word no, not can I. But I also, I, like on that same thing, I kind of, I, I was thinking about why do gay men make such fantastic friends for straight women? Well, I found a little study done by a psychologist in it. <laughs> of course you did. Of course I did. <laughs> However, what was, I mean, I, maybe it's just not a, a big topic of interest, but the the most recent one that I could found was, I think this was 2005, 2006, this one actually. Mm. Um, interestingly enough, there's no data, as in numbers, like percentages of how many straight women have gay men for friends. However, mm. this guy kind of summed it up, I think, quite well. <coughs> so his name, he's a psychologist from the Texas Christian University, which I thought was very interesting for a Christian to be doing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Homosexuals. However, uh, a guy yeah. called Eric Russell. So he claims that the relationship between heterosexual males and, oh no, other way around, homosexual yeah. males yeah. and yeah. heterosexual males yeah. um, serves as a biologically adoptive function. Um, so he's put, he urges that the straight women trust gay men more due to the absence of deceptive mating motivations that frequently take their relationships with straight men and straight women, which I think the idea there is he was reversing the roles around rather than saying that yep. a, a woman could get another woman pregnant. Um, so a woman engages more openly and intimately with a gay man because she can totally be, be herself. Yep. Laugh out loud, look at him straight in the eyes, share some poetry and say some things that she wouldn't be able to say to a heterosexual male counterpart. Yep. And there's no hidden hidden motives. Most women believe that heterosexual men are attracted to all women varying with varying desires and looking at them as potential mates. So when women are always wary of their friendliness and misinterpreted. Mm -hmm. Let me slow down because I've not got my glasses on and eat and I can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> the screen's so small on this thing as well. In fact, I have got my glasses here. Let me stick them on. It might be a lot easier than trying to squint over them. Yes. And so women are always wary of their friendliness being misinterpreted as flirtation or sexual interest, which I think, to be fair, is quite a fair assumption well, to make. That's actually the whole thing in a nutshell. Yeah. That's that's, that's the bottom line. That it's you can a... you can like say or do be whatever you want and you know that there's no underlying um filter. You don't have to for yourself, for me, I don't have to filter anything because nothing will be misinterpreted, you know, in any sort of sexual attraction way. And uh, yeah. yeah, that's it in a nutshell, isn't it? It pretty much is, and I think with the the non judgment as well. I think. Yep. Yep. I mean, I don't know if we all do, but I'd say gay men tend to have a abrupt honesty with mm. women. So if you do ask a question like, "Does this look all right?" On what do you think of this? Him? What yep. do you think of that? Then we're going to give it to you straight rather than trying to sugarcoat it all to get yep. a benefit from it. Um, yeah. So it wasn't a massive paper, really, written. 
Um, he did do another bit on reasons why heterosexual males possibly have an issue with it, which if I scroll down a little bit. So the first one's the one that I'd have probably said that it primarily is, which is insecurity and jealousy. Um, so and he's... Then, and, but, and then you want to just say, what what are they jealous of? What, where's, what's the insecurity about? So he's put in his paper, this can stem from concerns about the potential for emotional or physical intimacy developing between their partner and their gay friend. However, it's noteworthy that these no were oh my goodness, man, you can tell I've not slept. It's worth noting that these feelings, be, God, these feelings can be influenced and individualized individual insecurities and trust issues rather than being a universal response. Hmm. Um, so I guess in short, that's been threatened by another man as a whole being in his space of territory, perhaps. Yes. Ooh, territory. Ooh. Territory. <laughs> I ain't nobody's territory. You <laughs> the single lady, something. <laughs> um, the other one, the second point he made was gender norms and masculinity, which I think he's really probably could have linked masculinity in the top one, but it's the societal expectations around masculinity and traditional gender roles can play a role in a man's discomfort with his wife's gay best friend. Some men might worry that their masculinity is being challenged or that they cannot fulfill their role as the partner if their wife has a close connection with another man, regardless of if the man is gay. This discomfort may arise from cultural stereotypes and pressures. Yep, I can see that happening. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. That, that 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 makes sense, doesn't it? It just it's interesting because he's making these parallels for heterosexual men and women, but it's pretty much the same on the gay side as well. Like that them same paranoias will come from a gay man getting worried about his gay partner having a friend with a gay man. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. I would, yeah, I, I, I have to say, like, I, I probably failing on my part, but I hadn't considered it with other permutations mm-hmm. of you know uh, sexuality, friendship, things. Um, mm, I'd not thought of it that way. But I'd more just thought of it from my own perspective, which is probably a bit selfish, but there you are. Got to look after number one, on it? <laughs> <laughs> it's not selfish. Uh, point number three was misconceptions and stereotypes. There can be a misconception and stereotypes that about gay men, particularly related to their sexuality and promiscuity. Is that, mm. is that pronounced right? Um, some straight men might hold these beliefs and worry that their wives' gay friends should, could influence or tempt them away from a heterosexual relationship. However, it's important to challenge and dispel such stereotypes as they are often unfounded and based on prejudice. Which, <laughs> Yeah. Sounds reasonable, doesn't it? Again, yes. <laughs> Not reasonable the, the, in, you know what I mean. Feeling for the for the straight man. We understand. We get. 
And the last one is just lacking in understanding straight men who are unfamiliar with the dynamics of close friendships between gay men and straight women might struggle Mm. to comprehend the nature of these relationships. They may find that it's challenging to understand that emotional intimacy and support can exist without romantic or sexual undertones, Mm. which which Mm. again, I think... and that's exactly a fair, a fair comment from him, really. Yeah, very fair, and that's exactly. Um, I can't even remember what I was going to say then. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> it's too early, isn't it? Just too it, it was. It was a thought that came in and then just equally as as speedily left. So it's gone now. <laughs> I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, a... that that's I that, that everything every point that you've made is 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 quite valid and and reasonable it is i th- i think it's quite equal i think gay men get as much from straight women in the in that friendship as what the women do really i mean mm. I, i've not had that that many straight male friends to be honest i think all my friends growing up were primarily female because i just felt more comfortable with them yeah yeah i wonder I wonder, um, do you know of many uh, gay men who've got straight male friends, like good friend, deep friendships, or is that just too hard not, for straight? Is that just too hard? Not personally. I mean, no. There was the. I don't know if fads really going to be the right turn a phrase for it but there, there seemed to be not so long ago a, a trend going a trend, around yep. bro bromances it was kind of oh this is my straight best mate we we hug we cuddle and do x y and z but that's that's the extent of it a lot of people used to post stuff about that but now that pride's come round, there's there's nothing like oh there's I'm t- i've taken my straight friend to pride kind of a thing so yeah I, i'm not sure i think maybe from a wider perspective it might have been just a in thing to say that you had a bromance with a straight man but i, I don't personally know anybody that's got mm. a close relationship because i actually thought i actually thought bromance was two straight men well i did at first i'm sure let me f5 this because i'm sure he put some in in there about these bromance things Oh yeah, here we go. Um, so I'd always perceived it as being a, a sort of a perhaps um, physically demonstrative and more connected friendship between two straight men, you know, with a, like lots of admiration for each other and physical mm. contact and stuff. I didn't, I didn't know or think it was a straight man and a gay man having a friendship. I don't know what else they could call it, really. Well, true. Yes, I suppose. I suppose. Um, so, yeah, he put it right down at the bottom. So another reason for these interesting non-bedfellow bedfellows is, of course, the fact that gay men have fewer straight male friends. This is because men, especially when a part of a larger group, they are often in fear their masculinity may be questioned and mm-hmm. if, they have, if they have close gay friends. Um of course, a new trend is the occasional bromosexuals. That was it, bromosexuals. That's what ah, they call them. Right. 
Yeah. I apologise. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was brom. I said bromosexuals, even though I've not heard of bromosexuals. <laughs> Me neither. Oh, I learnt something today. Love that. So, yeah, that's what the call- <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I have to get myself a bromosexual. <laughs> <laughs> Go find yourself a bromosexual <laughs> relationship. <laughs> and And I'd venture to say that for women, straight women having gay women as friends, there's not the same the same kind of undercurrent of sort of fear or not fear, but you know I think perhaps with with a lot a great deal of straight men, they'd be just too frightened to have a friendship with a gay man because oh my God, what if it turned into something more? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> and it, it might be a bit stereotypical, but I've always pictured straight men to have a large circle of friends. Whereas, it, do you know what I mean? Like they, they all hang out in a group of say five to ten. They all go down to the pub together. Yeah, but do you know it... what? It like it's it's really I don't know. I wouldn't say it was friendship so much, mateship, bit of a difference. I think if you, I think like for me, when I think of friendship, it's like got a deep emotional connection mm. and, you know, a lot of, well, a lot of straight men do, are, can do that, but a lot of them can't. And it's just more of a matey, blokey thing, you know, meeting down the pub rather than, well, what, what I've interpreted and experienced mm-hmm. as a friendship. I don't know, maybe I'm just splitting hairs a little bit too much, but, I mean, um, like I, my my husband wouldn't. He's got workmates, but I, I, yeah, that's probably another topic in itself. <laughs> We've got time in it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Just a, a a lot of a lot of men, straight men that I know, don't really have real deep connected friendships with other men? It was, I mean, it might be slightly going off topic, but a video Mm. popped up the other day on YouTube, which was a trans man. Now, I I don't know what he'd, I don't know the video that he was originally reacting to, but Mm. he was in tears saying, you know, when 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 I was a female, there was this really intimate bond that all females have together. Even if it's in the nightclub bathroom, you're always yep. you're all helping them out, themselves out, doing yep. each other's hair, making sure they're all okay. Yep. And he said when he transitioned into a man, and he mm. was an absolutely just in floods of tears, just saying it is the loneliest thing in terms of friendship relationships that he'd ever experienced. He'd mm-hmm. never realised. No one turns around and says men are actually really, really truly fucking deeply alone most of the mm-hmm. time there's that yep. there's not that intimate connection anymore yep yep and I, know, and I know that's coming from a trans man but i i definitely say that's a a, a fair analysis of males i think it's yep. Um, yep yeah that would be i would agree with that just on my lifetime of observations yeah mm-hmm. yeah and but but uh, then on the other hand i do know some men uh, who do have really deep connected friendships with other men and that like every time I witness anything like that I, that just makes me really happy because it's like oh, mm. there's a little 
a little bit of hope. Um, because, like you say, a, a lot, you know, so many, again, my observation, so, <laughs> so, like, so, so many straight men just, they, it, they don't have any friendships, really, not, not anything that's deep and connected. Again, where does that come from? That's a whole lifetime of conditioning of, you know, what's how we... society, hasn't it? It's got to be society pushing that down on people, surely, as well. That's mm. what I think it is, anyway. Mm. Mm. I can't... Like, I can't imagine having a life where you haven't got those really deep friendships, but that seems to be how it is for the average man. It does for a lot, and I think... Even with with work, when people message me privately for advice or support, I'd say mm. the majority of them that are really struggling badly are men. Mm. Mm. And, and they, they, they seem to be quite social people, so may, maybe they're not having them, them relationships where they can sit and be open and discuss their feelings and emotion with with the straight mates. Mm. It's kind of yeah. sad, though, isn't it? Because I think there's a big difference between between being alone and loneliness. I think everyone can be fine being alone, but once yeah, it but... gets into that loneliness realm, I think it's very uh, detrimental, really, to... Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's yeah, very... so, yeah, just thinking of sort of a couple of people bring to mind and one of them's... A member of my family and one's a really close friend but they they kind of what I I don't want to say class as but they're they're quite emotionally evolved men both of them um mm -hmm. and are very comfortable with being vulnerable and you know very verbal about their feelings and very affectionate and open and loving and so that's kind of like where I would love to see the, the whole thing of what it means to be a man moving towards that sort of thing. Well, I was going to ask you, how do you, I know you, I know you're married, but how do you as a woman, if you, when you come across men that are like that, how do you perceive them to be? Do you perceive them to be a bit more emasculated because they are so emotional and in touch with the feelings? Or do you presume no. when you meet men like that that maybe they are possibly possibly gay or do you just take them at face value? Um, no, I don't do any of those things. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I, oh. just, uh, I, I, I sort of actually view them as the opposite of emasculated because I think the real strength in lies, mm -hmm. in, in be, I think with a human real strength lies in being able to be vulnerable because it's actually the easy route not to be vulnerable because then you don't get hurt. And the, the, these two people that I'm thinking about are sort of men who are so connected with their own emotional well-being and, and so open to discussions about anything that's like a you know some sort of deep yeah. issue whatever however you want to put it and being physically 
physically affectionate and emotionally affectionate and very open and allowing themselves to be vulnerable who they really are. And I think that's the opposite of a mas- being emasculated. Absolutely. And it's, it's interesting, really, that it's, that being like that's probably what we all aspire to be like that. But when you are that way with your emotional side, it tends to be that it is the one thing that starts bringing you down slowly, just the way that society is at the minute and the way that we've been, as you said, conditioned to to think about these things. So it's... <laughs> mm. But, but, oh, you know, it, this conversation could go down so mm, many other absolutely. paths. <laughs> but, you know, when you look at things like the demographics, age demographics and stuff of, of groups in society that where the most suicides occur and stuff like that, it's young men. Yeah, it is. I don't think that's really changed either, has it, over the years? I don't know, but it's certainly not getting any better. Probably maybe even worse than ever, I don't know. I haven't looked at sort of figures or anything like that. But A lot of the ones that we had, especially over lockdown, with the main Newcastle bridge, I mean, I, I have no idea what the bridge is called, but the main big green one that... That Newcastle's famous for. Yeah, I know the one you mean. Yeah, a lot of the newspaper articles or the Facebook posts that were coming out over that time with people jumping off there because it is quite a popular jumping spot. A lot, the majority of them, I'd have said, a good ninety-nine percent were the younger men that were, yep. were struggling with things at the time. Yeah, so, yeah. As I said before, it's difficult. I, what what do you, what do we do to Im- improve them those services that people need for getting in touch with the like counsellors and therapists and well unfortunately I think the availability of things that people need like that it just all comes down to funding and money doesn't it Mm -hmm. as with everything in this (laughs) yeah yes true (laughs) yep that's it and the uneven distribution of wealth that's a whole other story as well but yeah that yes there's um Good old Russell Brand did a very good uh, video on um, on that one. Have a look. <laughs> do, do I, I used to loathe him for some, and I don't really, and I don't really know why. But I've gradually come, like, got sort of a bit of a creeping admiration for him now, um, because I'm not saying I agree with everything he says, but I have seen mm. some really, or heard some really good. Um, stuff come out of his head. You know, he's he's quite a deep thinker and he does have a lot of uh, interesting things to say, I think. It does. I think that's why I, I do the same as you. Could absolutely couldn't understand him at all. Loathed him. In yeah. his head. But again, over lockdown, when he started doing all his, all his videos, he, he seemed to be a lot more of a spiritual person than somebody that was tied to the entertainment industry. And I think I appreciate yes. that more, that side of him more than what I did, this over-eccentric, loud-mouthed <laughs> Yeah. Well, well, I think he's I think he's sort of a, a human that's made the journey from mm-hmm. sort of uh, being a sex addict and a drug addict and all, all of that sort of stuff. He's actually um, developed a, 
really high degree of self-awareness and has obviously done a lot of work on himself. Um, so he's sort big of, time. yeah, big time, yeah, sort of uh, done a 360 with sort of how he operates in life and, yeah, I, I, I have quite a degree of admiration for him now, So, and I never thought I would say that. <laughs> <laughs> if you're Isn't listening to this, Russell, sorry. Yes. <laughs> It is interesting how your perception of people change, though, because I had the same with um, Katie Hopkins. Right. I could not stand her mm. when at the the height of her branding of the biggest bitch in Britain. Um, mm. And then again through lockdown, she was doing a lot of videos, um, and I was at, we kind of sat down and thought, you know, we'll, we'll just we'll. We'll give her a try. The videos are getting a lot of view counts. All the comment is, comments underneath are positive, so we'll give her yeah. a try. Yeah. And she's she's the same. She's a highly intelligent woman, very in tune to what's going on with everything. Um, yeah. I think I read a second book which kind of explained why she was portrayed by the media the way that she was and mm-hmm. went into kind of her background, which completely flipped my opinion of her. Okay. In, oh. Entirely. And then we went to see her do a... It, it, it was on the back of somebody else's, but she did a, say, a stand-up comedy in Blackpool, maybe mm. not last not last year, the year before. And um, we met her there, and genuinely, as much as it would have pained me to say, years and years ago, she's one of the nicest people I've ever met. Oh, really? Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> that's probably gonna make have people spitting at the (laughs) (laughs) spitting at the devices but yeah genuinely she's she's one of the nicest people I've ever met and it's it's interesting how um much of a sway and how much was set up to make her look like she was a cunt oh I can't say that can I you just said it you can and I don't and I don't I don't care I might have to blank that out for the algorithm sorry um but yeah it's um it was it was interesting to see how much was set up for her to say certain things and in editing. It's very interesting, cool. it was very fascinating, mm. very fascinating. And, and like, indiv- any individual's got the right to change anything about themselves in the course of their life that they like, and people do change. And and I think it's perfectly okay to not like someone and then if they display some sort of positive change, then you can change your mind about what you think about them and how you relate to them, you know. Absolutely. And as we change as well as the as the yeah, onlooker. Exactly. Perceptions can change of people. We can what something meant back when you were younger probably doesn't mean the same as what it does now. You've got different morals, different values. Yep. 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 Exactly. So yeah, that like that the thing of, of of Russell Brand is just a really good example because he's just literally done a three sixty of what he mm. used to be about and what his life used to be about and he's sort of almost like the polar opposite of himself, isn't he? Completely different. Every now and again when he tries to do his I mean, his comedy's not for me. His comedy's very much um the personality that he put on for his old entertainment jobs mm. um, and that and that does slip into his videos every now and again when he tries to crack a joke when he's just trying mm. to be funny um, that's the only mm. time I think oh there you are <laughs> yep uh, yep there's the other little bit of you yeah he has his if I 
I admire his intelligence and he, I wish I was as open to thinking and as intelligent as what he was really with day to day stuff. Yes, he's very interesting to listen to on a lot of a lot of things. Um, you know, whether he's talking about his own journey or um, things he perceives in society. Um, yeah, I, I'm like that when I sort of think about him or see him, I think oh, he might have something interesting to say about this. And I think I'm. I'm sure he. I'm sure he wrote a book that I made a point of buying, but I can't remember what it was. But it <laughs> didn't make that much of an impression. If I can't <laughs> now, can't remember anything about it. But yeah, no, he's yeah. He's really who's interesting. The, who's the older fella that was that's picked up quite a lot of popularity? Is it Jordan Peterson? Have you heard of him before? I've heard the name, but I don't know anything of what he's about, so I couldn't sort of comment at all i'm he's, sure i've heard his name being bandied around a bit Who's I can't remember what his profession was from what i've gathered um he was a professor of whatever i think it might have been psychology and human relationships and and whatnot but right. from what i gathered he picked up popularity i think don't quote me on it because he refused to he refused in one of his lectures to conform to the whole gender pronoun thing i think that's originally where it all sparked from right um, okay his, yep his interviews and books just on his outlook on life and the way he digs into human behaviors and emotions is equally as fascinating as what russell brands is like everything that he says makes sense he backs mm. everything up thoroughly a lot of the BBC interviewers try and kind of knock him back a little bit and he just completely wipes the floor with them just with intelligence. <laughs> it's just... just oh, I'll have to uh, have a bit of a look and see what he's about. He's very... Um, he might be one for those two people that you know with the men and being emotional because he's very... At the minute, that seems to be his thing. He's very pro men's health and emotions and getting in touch with their own emotions. So he might be one to kind of just suggest i think it's got quite a lot of books like 12 rules to life and okay all right it's oh, very it's gonna... very men but not in a misogynistic way yeah he's, yeah yeah he's, got, he's yeah, very yeah. very young man supportive with the mental yeah. health yeah oh no i have a bit of a bit of a look see what he's about sounds interesting give it a candle <laughs> yeah i will no i will i'll keep an eye out for that name yeah I was going to touch on, because um, obviously, I, I can't remember, I think I mentioned Gay Pride in the last one that we did together, but in the second one, because the first one didn't work, and then I re-recorded and then I had to delete it. Um, but yep. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I'm going to bother Anita, because why we've got an entire month for Gay Pride, I'll never understand. <laughs> but, <laughs> but happy Pride for them listening that are celebrating. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Oh, Yeah, well... We'll avoid that one. <laughs> we'll scrap that one. What time are we at? 43 uh, minutes. We did all right on that. 43 minutes, yeah. Yeah. Are you off out today? You're stopping in? Um, well, Andrew's actually um, off work today, which is very rare on a, mm. on a Sunday. Yeah, and uh, we were going to do some stuff like outside, you know, maintenance of the deck and all those sorts of things that you have to do. But it's going to 
rain all day. So, yeah, I'm not sure what we're going to do. Never is it rain. <laughs> that, that's Todd's law, isn't it? On the one day that you've got off together, yeah. it never happens and it decides to piss it down. Yep, yep, because we, oh, <laughs> you know, like having having a relatively large outdoor area because our house is on a corner block and everyone says, oh, you've got a huge garden. It's just like, not you should go to Australia and see how big this is. <laughs> but, yeah, not by, not by Australian standards, but we've got quite a lot of area, outside area, so we've got lots of decking, so there's lots of sort of, you know, it always needs maintaining and there's, all, you know, never-ending work to do in the outside the house, as you probably know. So, What do you do to stop your decking rotting? Because ours is fucked, to be frank. <laughs> oh, bloody. Well, through. we've got a lot of decking and uh, the, the the big deck out the back where we sort of, you know, have the barbecue and, you know, mm. the old seating area and the umbrella and all that stuff, that's made of that black um, composite decking. I don't think I've heard of that one. Well, yep. it's not it's it's not wood. Um, okay. But it, yeah, it's black. But uh, it's good because because it's not wood, it doesn't deteriorate at all. But just basically needs cleaning. That's all at the end of because in in winter, you know, there's zero sun, so it tends to get like it gets lots of mossy green stuff on it um, so we've got to do like a really big clean of all that but then out the side and the front we've got wooden decking and that's we painted it and Andrew repaints it all every year so it's a huge job Can we just get one of them um, big spray machines you know what they brought out for fences yeah yeah, I mean, yeah. On the advert, there's a three fences worth of paint in about two seconds flat with a sprayer yeah well we've got a lot of fencing as well because we had to put up of fencing because of the dog um so yeah but i painted all the fen- the outside fences the other week so yeah there's just well you know <laughs> we need one needs a, a maintenance man for one's house really <laughs> 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 and one won't be getting one in this lifetime so we do it ourselves. <laughs> yeah i feel you on that one isn't it? yeah 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 <laughs> Oh, mine so mine nice. isn't even like grating cheese. That's a, <laughs> well, you can buy it ready grated, you know. Oh, God, it's got that. I don't know what it is. What's that? It's always covered in white powder, isn't it? What? Grated, like the pre-grated cheese. It's always got that white, fine, powdery yeah. stuff plastered all over it. I think Is that something they put in to sop it all clumping together? I don't know. I think so. I think it's like starch or something, isn't it? Stop it. I don't oh, know. No, it's... That's a bit of a quantum leap from gay pride to grated cheese. <laughs> I'm sure if we, we could make some leaps in there somewhere. But oh, stop might it. Be, might be a bit early for that. I think so. I think so, Pet. Yes, I think so. <laughs> right, my darling. If you've got this one day off with Andrew, I will let you get off. I think we've uh, timed it quite nicely, I think, really. We have. I think that's just seven nice... minutes. Too bad. Yep, that's nice. That's nice. Okie doke. You enjoy your day. Go and get you some too, more darling. rest. Hopefully. Oh, I'm off to bed now. I've got work again later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get some sleep. Get some sleep, my love. All right. I shall speak right, with you right. soon. Speak to you soon. Yep. Okay. Bye. Bye. bye.